Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode 101. We finally made it. We get to start back over at 100 plus one. I'm stoked to feature longtime tour stopper and good pal of mine. Welcome to the show, Mr. Camden West. Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you for coming. I I can't believe that I did 100. I've did. I'm not good at English. You did my words. (laughs) You Uh, did 100. (laughs) I have done 100 episodes of this and I haven't had you on before. It's kind of crazy, but I'm excited to be here now. I've always wanted to be on it. Welcome to the house. Welcome to Casa de Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Yep, she's just sitting here watching. I'm trying to grab her right now. I don't know. She, she's been finding stuff to eat in her bed later, and it makes me think that she'll like eat a little treat, and then she just saves it and then tucks it into the crevices in, for, like, for a snack for later. Does she get mad when you take it away from her? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's probably treats in there. And it also smells like peanut butter because she eats her Kongs with the mm. peanut butter in there too. So yeah. everything about that space is hers. Yeah. She does not like when D- it's don't gone. Don't go near it. Don't go near it. <laughs> I have to wash it every now and then. And she's not happy with it coming out smelling like Tide detergent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, buddy. What's, what's going on? What's new with you and your well, world? My world's good. Um, working on a lot of music. Cool. Working on a lot of music. Traveling a little bit here and there. And recording and you know i've gotten a chance being to spend the artist of camden west being the artist yeah um well let's get into all of that before we get into any of it like i always start every episode i ask the guest how we met now i don't remember which is very common but fortunately for us you do i do remember Will you regale the tale okay so here's what happened the first time i saw you it was i, I must have just moved to town okay um, and you moved to Nashville when? I moved to Nashville in 2018. Okay. And I had a friend from Las Vegas, where I'm from, that was living here, Megan Barker. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a round at um, the Whiskey Rhythm Saloon. That's on Division Street. It's, isn't it an ice cream place it's now? Now it's an ice cream place. Yeah. <laughs> and she invited me out, so I, I came out to check it out. And you were playing. Was I playing with... That was, I mean, I would have only ever played there one time with my old band. Yep. You, you saw were, me in the onesie. Yep. That was it. That was it. And I saw you and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And uh, I don't know if we talked then. I might have gone up to you and said, hi, I'm Camden. Nice to meet you. You guys sounded great. Uh, but then I remember I went to Portland Brew on 12 South. Okay. And I walked in and I noticed you and I, I came up to you and I was like, hey, it's good to see you. And I don't think you remembered who I was. <laughs> But I, I was like, I, I'm Camden. I, I, I just moved. I met you a little bit ago at the, uh, I wanted your rounds. Nice to meet you. And you're like, oh, great. Good to meet you. <laughs> and that was it. That's how we met. Well, that's a pretty, uh, pretty common Nashville story. Meet yeah. at a show. Then again, at a coffee place. Meet at a show. Meet at a coffee shop. It's- I feel like the time we actually became friends, though, was probably Memorial Day of yes. 2019. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the correct year. Or was it Labor Day? doesn't matter. I think it was Labor Day. There was a party at your house, or mm-hmm. your old house on 12 South. And I always like to say, Grandma and Grandpa, this is the point in the podcast where you can fast forward a few minutes. <laughs> but we, uh, we were at the point, or at least I was at the point in my life, where it wasn't a, a game of like, how much should I have to drink today? It was how much can I? Right, right. And I, we were playing some game in the front yard where there were these cups on the door, like, and you had to throw a ball at the corner. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep. And yep. I got very drunk. And yes, so did. much so that uh, 
Tony Wolf, the host of Undiscovered Nashville, still has the video on his phone. But I was sitting in the kitchen on the floor and I couldn't hold my head up. And I would just swing it down and swing it back up and whack my head against uh -huh. the wall and then lean it back down. And then I went and threw up in your backyard and hit my forehead on the chain link fence. And you started bleeding. It was bleeding yeah. in your house. But yeah, I was, uh, I came back in and I was definitely bleeding on the face. And I mean, I don't know if that was the thing that made us friends, but it definitely it helped. Some, <laughs> it didn't hurt. You know, well, it hurt. It hurt you. It hurt you. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, I remember that very, very clearly. Yeah. We were playing that game. Uh, a lot of songwriters there that day. Yeah, that we're, was one of those like pivotal moments of like, I have friends in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. For me too. I'm like, wow. It's like, I got invited to a party. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Cause I feel like maybe a, internally a lot of us thought the same thing really without knowing that everyone else was going through the same thing. I mean, we were all moving to town kind of around the kind same time. The same time. So, you know, we never know where people are in their journey. Mm -hmm. and we were all just kids. We were all just kids. <laughs> we were all just kids. And, and then we all get together and kind of, that was the start of that was the start of all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is so cool. Uh, you moved here in 2018 from Las Vegas and had you been doing music before you moved here? Yes. So yeah. what, what was your like musical background in Vegas before you tried going full time with songwriting and music in Nashville? All right, I'll start from the beginning. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back. I was born. <laughs> One day I was born. <laughs> I Fast was bo forward. I was born in a hospital. Fast forward a little bit. I, I was born in Los Angeles. Okay. And then we moved to Dallas, Texas. And I kind of, I grew up in Dallas till I was around 10 years old. And um, I started taking lessons. I, I wanted to be a drummer. Really? Yeah. So my parents put me in lesson in like piano lessons when I was pretty young. And then uh, I remember seeing someone playing drums. And I'm like, I want to be a drummer. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And um, my parents said, okay, but as long as you learn how to play guitar too. Mm -hmm. So um, I got put into guitar lessons and half and half my teacher taught drums and guitar. That's cool. So I was kind of doing both. And uh you know, Did I just, you take to the guitar way more? Um, yeah, I think eventually I just fell in love with it. I, mm -hmm. I, I just really loved playing. I loved rock and roll, classic rock. So yeah. it was kind of what I, <laughs> what I did. And um, I started writing a few songs then, you know, very, not much of it. And Do then you remember I, the first song you ever wrote? Um, yes. What was it called? Vaguely. So there were a few around the same time, but I had, I had one song that my friends from like fifth grade, one, once I moved to Vegas, they still make fun of me for it. When, whenever I, whenever I see people from when I was in fifth grade, they always bring up this song. <laughs> it was called balls are flying at my head. Whoa. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very deep for a fifth yeah, grader. Yeah. It was, I was writing songs about my Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it kind of, it went like this. Um, basketballs are flying at my head. Baseballs are flying at my head. All these balls are flying at my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately, 10-year-old, whatever it yeah. is, 12-year-old Camden wasn't thinking like, oh, people are going to make fun of this. You're yeah, like, no. I'm writing. I thought it was cool. And then the next verse was, 
guitars flying on my head, piano. It was it was great. Right. I mean, there was a lot of depth to it. I want to hear this song at a writer's round now. I, you know what? I did. Um, actually, um, like two years ago, went to New York with Coley Kohler mm-hmm. um, and Nick Isham, and we did this round at the hotel, uh, the um, Rockwood Music Hall mm-hmm. out of New York. Did you play stage three down in the basement? That time cool. was stage three in the basement, and I played that song for the crowd. Wow. Yeah. I was, uh, I was forced to. Full circle into moment. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, back to uh, that. I moved to Vegas. Um, I just loved guitar. I loved music. I would go to concerts. I'd always bring my guitar places. And then I um, joined a band. We put a band together back in middle school. And I started writing. I, I really just was like, this is cool. I can write music for this band. I can write it with my friends. Let's do this. Um, and then all throughout high school, I was doing it. I was writing. I was playing shows and playing any coffee shop I'd be led into. My band was playing all over. Yeah. My band was playing all over the place. First gig I ever played was in a coffee shop. It's now a liquor store, but yeah, I I feel like most of us have had that gig. That's either like first time in a basement coffee shop or a pizza place. Yeah. And they're like, we'll give you $30. And you're like money. Yeah. And I still to this day have that same reaction when I get paid for a gig. Money? Money? <laughs> it's like, wow, you're going to pay me to do this? I can this get paid awesome. for music? Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. You know, but I was doing that. My band was playing bar mitzvahs and birthday parties. Cool. And it was always fun. What was the band called? We were called Gun Show. Gun Show? Yeah. Because you wanted people to, you wanted to say, did you get tickets to see the gun show? To the show? gun show. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. better than my first band's well, name, which was, was Ruby Falls. Ruby Falls. Yeah. I didn't That's realize nice. it at the time that it's named after this waterfall in a cave in, yeah. uh, what is that, Chattanooga or something? It's near Chattanooga, I'm Yeah, sure. I just thought that it was just like punk rock band name. <laughs> no, but you, you had this band. Were you the lead guitarist and the front man? So what happened was, so it started off as five of us, and I think I started off as the drummer of the band. Okay. Um, and then we would all switch off instruments. So we that's, were, that's fun. Yeah. We that's were a band fun. depending on the song I'd get on drums. Then the next song we'd all rotate. Um, I saw Metallica do that. Like that's yeah. a pretty common part of their set where they'll all switch instruments. They'll switch a bit. Yeah. It's fun, but it used to be fun. And our first gig was one of our band members, bar mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all instrumental at first. We were like an instrumental band because no one wanted to sing. <laughs> Everyone, we were all just like, oh, no, I don't sing. I don't, I don't, sing. Want, I don't want to do this. And then um, one day, I think one of our parents was like, one of you guys have to sing. And I, we all decided, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll do it. So we all sang. We all played every <laughs> instrument. We all, we all did all that. Um, and yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia tied to being in those those like high school and middle school bands yeah. because looking at it now, you're like, Oh, we definitely sucked. But back <laughs> then we were like the, the cool kids. We were the cool kids. We were the cool kids. Cause we were in a band. Yeah. We uh, like one of the first songs my band in high school learned to play, or I guess I was in like ninth grade or eighth grade was, uh, ocean or ocean Avenue by uh-huh. yellow card. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have a violin player. So, um, 
our singer during the violin solo would sing the violin solo. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that that was kind of preparing me to watch guitar players and stuff in Nashville who like whistle the guitar solos. Right, or, right. Or do the or trumpet they, solos. Yeah, they're, they're like, this is where the solo would be. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, yeah, I mean. Did you go to school for music? I did. So in uh, high school, I went to a performing arts high school. Okay. Called Las Vegas Academy. And, um, Basically, you had to audition to get in, and then interesting, yeah, and then you have a major. So every student has a different major. My major was classical guitar. Very cool. Um, you know, there were dance majors, theater majors, orchestra majors, jazz majors, um, all of that. Um, so everyone had a major. Mine was guitar, and I did that high school for four years Did that influence your playing style as a non-classical player though like with the finger style and everything yeah i, I think it has a lot to do with it that's definitely uh, what influenced a lot of my playing because yeah. up until college i was like straight rock and roll guitar player mm -hmm. and then i did classical guitar for a long time and it was around that time when I started being like, ooh, John Mayer, ooh, Jason yeah. Mraz. And I was like, I want to figure out how to do the more intricate right-hand technique. Yeah. And it's cool because I don't have to play Mozart or Bach. Yeah. yeah. I can rip on an acoustic guitar yeah. now yeah. just with that right-hand yeah. technique. Yeah, and you got finger-pecking technique and everything. Yeah, I, I owe a lot of that, of what I do to those years in high school and uh, yeah, before that, I was very into rock and roll blues and, you know. I mean, before we started recording, you were ripping on my box <laughs> over here. <laughs> Beautiful guitar. What were some of those uh, early bands that really, like, inspired the, like, I have to do more of this instead of just the the recreational, oh, this is G, C, D, G, C, D. Yeah. You're like, I want to play that riff. Um. The Rolling Stones were it The Rolling me. Stones. The Rolling Stones, the Beatles, U2, Led Zeppelin. Those were mm -hmm. my favorite things. The Who, all that classic rock. Um, I just knew, like, I want to be able to play that stuff. Uh, you know, listen to Metallica. And Did you ever play Guitar Hero? I did. I wasn't good at it. Really? I was not good at it. I was very good at Guitar <laughs> yeah. Hero. I was a nationally ranked Guitar Hero player. No, you were not. Were I you was really? A, I was in the top 100 for a while. That's amazing. There was this website where you'd go in and log your scores, and then you'd take, you know, the digital camera like pictures of the screen that says I got five stars and these are my points and they would verify it that way. And for a long time, I was a nationally ranked player That's up, until, incredible. up until about ninth grade when I like started learning to play the real guitar and my older brother was like, yeah, you should learn to play the guitar more because no girl is impressed by you being like a good video game player. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I can, I can five star monkey That's wrench cool. on guitar hero. Yeah, too. Right. <laughs> or I can just play the song on my guitar. He's oh like, you should gosh. play the song on your guitar. Just play the song on your guitar. Hey, if you can do that in guitar hero, you can do anything. Let's yeah. Let's bring that energy to it. If you can do it on guitar, hero, you can do anything. You can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved to Nashville. Was there ever a plan or not even a plan. Was there a plan B or was it always from being a kid with the performing arts high school is like music's the goal. So I always loved music and it was okay. always my passion. I did that in high school. Then I went to college and I, I where did you go to college? I went to university of Arizona okay. in Tucson. 
I went in as a music major um, for did guitar. Did you continue classical guitar there as well? I did, but then I switched majors and that became my minor. Gotcha. And then I um, did other things. But I I loved music. I mean, that was I always knew this is what I want to do. You know, I always I prepared for other things, but I knew this was it. Right. I had to do it. Um, and Nashville, I I didn't know anything about Nashville. I was I was in college and doing my own thing. I always thought oh, I'll probably end up in LA for mm-hmm. for music. I'll go back to Vegas. And uh, one day I um, got approached by a few people from Nashville. They're like, "You should come out to Nashville. Check it out." So I was like, "What's in Nashville?" I come out here and it just changed my world. I was right. like, "Whoa! There's people out here that write songs for a living." They and do that's this. That's all they do. That's all they do. There's music everywhere. This is like I love this. So I visited once or twice. Graduated from college. I thought to myself, I should move to Nashville eventually. But I ended up moving back to Vegas. Okay. And I started working out there playing gigs and playing with my band and building myself up there. Mm-hmm. Working um, up your chops. Just working hard and you know, for I was there for after college. I, a year, two years after college, just doing that. I was a full-time musician really? out there doing that. And Have you ever had a regular job? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean. You're like, being yeah, a musician is a regular job. It is a regular job. I mean, I have. I have. Um, but you've but never I've always, like, it's always at been, McDonald's. Never worked at McDonald's, no. I, uh, I worked at Bar Taco in uh, 12 South for a little bit. Really? Yeah. When did you work at Bar Taco? I used to go there all the time. Right before COVID. Okay. And I, there was a time when, so I moved to Nashville. I was playing gigs at night. I was writing. I was recording. And then sometimes on days, I'm like, oh, I should be doing something. Maybe this seems <laughs> fun. Had a friend that worked there. And he's like, oh, you should come in. And I ended up doing like one week of training. And then I started working for a few days and then COVID happened. And you're like, well, I'll shut this down. Is the, this is the universe telling me not to Don't do that. Job. Stick to music. <laughs> so that's cool, though, because it kind of reaffirms the whole like I was doing fine before. Yeah. And then, I mean, for a lot of us who are trying to do music full time, like I had not even within a year started doing tour stop full time when COVID shut everything down. So I was having this crisis of identity, like, Oh, I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. Like I'm qualified (laughs) for no other jobs. And then when I was able to start back, I was like, okay, well, how do I do this now? It's like, I, I was so fresh into it. I didn't have the confidence, but that's one of those nice things, I guess about your situation is that after the shutdown had ended, you had already gotten used to, gigging and trying normal to life gigs. yeah that it's normal to me i mean i've been doing i've been gigging and doing music for the most part full time since since i was in college you know I, that's i was playing gigs back in arizona when i would come back to vegas playing gigs and then Did, was know. there ever a watershed moment in your musical career because i have one for me that was like i remember like the moment when i decided like this is when i'm gonna like this is the moment that changed the uh how do I see this? Like, I have to do music. Like, I remember being on stage at this venue called The Blue Note in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And my band was playing. And there were, I mean, at the time, it looked like hundreds of people. It was probably like 50. But I remember... Still like, a lot of people. Yeah, for a high school <laughs> band, like 50 of our friends came. But I still have the DVD of it. And I remember like the moment watching it 
the DVD is like, that was when this kid decided that music was going to be the career. So do you have one of those moments? <sighs> one that just like trained, like transcended you or have you always just been like, no, this is, this is it. I think I, I can't remember an exact moment that I like changed my mind about it. Mm -hmm. I just, I think it just kind of happened. It gradually, I, I knew, uh, you know, right. I, it's just something that I felt like it, it is my life. It is what I do. You know, I think there's more to all of us. And I, I think there's, there are other things out there that I am interested in, but I think music has just always been there in that way. I, I don't, I don't remember that aha moment. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just, you come from a musical family. Um, they like to listen to music. My dad played piano growing up. He was in, okay. a, in a band when he was in high school. My mom, I think, played the clarinet. Um, my mom played a little guitar, you know, strumming. She knew She's the, yeah. the five major chords. She knew it, yeah, and she, she, she loves music, and she's the one that wanted me to start playing guitar. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up around music. They, they really, you know, introduced it to me in a way to did they did they encourage you or push you to like take it further or was that yeah oh yeah like if you love this do it go for it i guess they you put know? you into a performing arts high school yeah yeah it that's, was, a, that's a pretty big yeah i know they they are the most supportive parents and you know i, I couldn't thank them enough for allowing me to do what i do <laughs> i mean they could have easily said no you're not doing this when i told my because so i i grew up playing the piano and my dad had given me lessons ever since I was a kid. And I remember this, like, it was sometime around the time of, like, seventh grade when I played Guitar Hero for the first time. And my brother showed me, like, heavy metal for the first time. And I heard Megadeth and Anthrax mm -hmm. and Black Sabbath and Van Halen and all of that stuff. And I was like, I have to make those sounds. And I remember coming home to my dad and telling him I wanted to learn to play the guitar. And I didn't want to take piano lessons from him anymore. <laughs> and it, I could just like, I remember like it destroyed his soul because he loved giving me piano lessons and he wanted me to be a pianist and everything, but I didn't have the wherewithal or whatever you want to call it. The patience to sit and practice. These are the scales. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to just go. <laughs> just make noise. Yeah. I wanted I love to make that. noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, if, if you practice on your mother's guitar for, you know, six months until your birthday, if you practice every day, I'll buy you an electric guitar. Wow. And boy, did he regret that because <laughs> I played every day. Like I remember like, those early days of pl uh, playing the guitar, like playing until your fingers bled or like, yeah, I would like pull up the bed of my fingernail or something by like trying to bend the bad acoustic guitar strings so hard. Uh-huh. But and then came those those rock and roll days where that was like before my hearing started going bad too, and I was already playing it really loud. Yeah, yeah. And then as my hearing got worse, the amps just got louder, uh -huh. and that window of loudness just grew. Oh my And gosh. I remember so so vividly, like my brothers and my dad would have to come up to my bedroom at like eleven forty five p.m. and be like, "Hey, stop! Stop playing! Stop playing! <laughs> Use your headphones." I'd be like, no, you're killing my inspiration, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Was a moody, you know, fourteen year old moody with kid. my strat copy. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> I had those days too. I, 
I'd be up in my room late at night playing. My sisters are both asleep. Probably kept them up, but I, I, oh, 100%. You know, I remember being in, um, I had, back in Dallas before I moved to Vegas, I was practicing guitar in my room like late at night. And I thought it was so cool. I was like eight years old mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I could be up all night in my room playing guitar <laughs> This is probably not the the most nice thing to do, but <laughs> I've never had it. another interest in my life that is like I get so much joy and entertainment out of just playing the guitar. I've never had something else like that. Like some people get that from reading or yeah. stuff, but guitar and I guess technically like my Nintendo for a while, yeah. but like the guitar still brings me joy and it is always it's like a constant in yeah. my life whereas yeah. I'll go through phases where I want to play Zelda and then that phase goes away. But the guitar says all of the ones hanging on my wall here and then all the ones in the bedroom, like that's been a almost annoyingly consistent part of my life. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a good consistent thing. I think for me, it's productive for me. It's an escape. Mm -hmm. It's a, I I need to hold a guitar to feel secure. <laughs> it's a security blanket. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You know, sometimes I'll I'll walk and I'll just have to like hold a guitar just to like, okay, I got just, that. I feel better now. I feel better. But like you know, people are always asking me like, you you must be great at karaoke or doing that. I'm like, I'm like no, no. But you do it. You you play all the time. I'm like yeah, I have a guitar That's with the guitar. <laughs> I have a guitar to, to <laughs> shield me from the world. Oh my god. Okay, so there's a comedian named uh, I think it's Mike Berbiglia, and he's got a routine about the difference between stand-up comedians and musical comedians. Uh-huh. And I would consider myself a musical comedian because I do the funny songs. Yeah, but. He'll talk about how like, okay, so there's the musical comedians who they have the chords and the setup, setup, punchline. And then there's just some of it's not setup, setup, punchline. Some of it's just words to a song. Yeah. And then the audience can say, oh, well, the music, I didn't like the chords, but the joke was funny. Or the joke <laughs> didn't land for me, but the song still sounded good. There's like, they can find a redeeming quality to the yeah. musical comedian, but to the regular comedian. It's just like, here's the joke. And people are just like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, you know, your yeah. personality. Yeah. And yeah. you're saying the exact same thing. It's like, I'm, I'm deflecting your hatred yeah, with yeah. my guitar. <laughs> it's like a shield. It's a, there's something good in there. <laughs> and anytime someone sees you holding a guitar, you're just like, oh, I'm powerful. You want to know if I can yeah, actually play yeah. this. You're judging me right now. <laughs> yeah, I've never stood in front of a person and been like, you, I bet you do stand up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you look a, like a guy that does you stand up. You look like a guy that does open mic stand up. Oh comedy. my God. <laughs> but if you have a guitar, they're like, okay, you, you might be a musician. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> and you, you might be a musician, or you might just be that guy at the party who plays Wonderwall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> carries around a guitar. Well, hey, yeah. let's take a quick commercial break with Camden West, and we'll come right back here for more on the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. with Camden West on this week's episode of the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast in Casa de Phyllis. Thank you for coming and joining the pod. 
Thank you again for having me. Thank I you love for being the pod. episode 101, baby. It's a good number. It's a oh, good number. We should call this episode Camden West 101. Just <laughs> <to> know you. <laughs> I love it. Yes, let's do it. I got a lot to teach. Oh, I'm, I'm I, would, I would love to take a crash course in Camden Westery. <laughs> oh my gosh. A, well, one of the things that's been uh, discussed a lot lately in both the podcast and in my personal life is uh, the topic of burnout. Mm. And I would love to get your perspective as somebody who's a full-time musician rather than people who are either trying to be a full-time musician or have full-time jobs and are just doing rep- music recreationally. Do you ever have a... Do you ever have burnout as somebody who only does music? Of course. I think, um, and, but I think it's a natural thing. I think burnout is very natural for a lot of people mm-hmm. in any field. Um, you know, I think when you do something so much, there's always going to be that point where right. you, you just feel tired. You feel like I need to do something else. I need to sit down. I need to go on a walk. I need to go on a run. I'm not writing as many songs as I feel like I should because I'm just having a dry spell or something, you know. And there's not even like the gods of Nashville saying you have to write 50 songs a year, but it's that like social pressure of seeing everyone else doing stuff like that. Right, you feel like you have to. You do feel like you have Um, to. And I have that same issue where when I leave town for a little while, like even if it's just for vacation, that that fear of missing out, like I'm going to miss that one show it was really important. Yeah. And like that, th- it's a hard thing to grapple with when every show could be that show. Yeah. Yeah. Or any song could be that song. Yeah. And I, I've taken a step back and just kind of let, I'm just letting Nashville happen around me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think there's something to that. I, I, I feel like there, there's always opportunity. Mm-hmm. You can work as hard as you want whenever you want. It's also good to, to take a break. It's good to take a break. It's good to breathe. I love to travel. I love to get out and I love to travel. Where are some of the places you've gotten to travel? Well, I went to Mexico with you. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. You, you did go to Cancun yeah. Yeah, we for were. a Coley Kohler and Dylan Reeves yes. wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. That was beautiful a wedding. beautiful wedding. I remember most of it. <laughs> it was you got fun there a couple of days after i did so you walked in on to medium rare Aaron. medium rare yes medium rare. yes you were you were very medium rare <laughs> but yeah i mean it's good to travel it's good you know but i always find myself whenever i travel i miss it then i miss music mm-hmm. i'm like okay now i know and i i, I regenerate i re you know I, I get all these feelings back and i'm like i gotta get back to that now i know what i want to do right whenever i leave nashville i always leave feeling like, okay, I'm ready to get out of Nashville. And then once I'm out, I'm like, I know exactly what I need to do when I get back. The battery's recharged. Yeah. I know what I need to do. I need to make these videos. I need to write these songs. I need to do this. I need to record now. And I always feel that way. So it's exciting. But it's also good to do other things. Travel. Sometimes I am a tour guide in Nashville, too. You do what? I sometimes work as a tour guide. Really? Every once in a while. you take people just around town? Yeah. Cool. Uh, to see murals. Cool. To see the... Uh, mural, mural tours. It's a lot of uh, bridesmaids and bachelorette parties. Oh, my God. Of course, the, the Instagram spots. <laughs> the Instagram, the wings. The wings, <laughs> the uh, make music, not yeah. war. But, oh. yeah, uh, so it's, it's fun to kind of do something different every once in a while. But, you know, 
but it's always good to get back to music. What are some of those other things, if the, if there are more off the top of your head that you do that aren't music? Because I talked with uh, Caroline Delone about this recently because uh-huh. I was having some burnout. She's like, hey, you need to just take take the afternoon and go do something that's not for anyone else. Yeah. It's not for tour stop. Mm-hmm. What, what, I had trouble coming up with something. Like, yeah. Do you have other things that you know that you enjoy doing? I like to run. Run. I go on runs. When I need to clear my head or I need a break, I just need to go outside, get some fresh air, and I go on a run or a walk. I'll go to a park. I go for walks. Walks are great. Walks are amazing for you. You just breathe in the fresh air. I try not to think about music. Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll be somewhere and be stressing out about music and be like, I got to go on a walk. I'm still thinking about it. But Do you listen to music while you run? Sometimes. Or I listen to a podcast. I listen to podcasts a lot. Uh, I find myself driving home or like driving anywhere or sometimes going on walks and just being quiet, not listening to anything. Yeah. Like being in the industry, it's super overstimulating sometimes. Yeah. Like me running a tour stop show, I might hear 60 songs a night. Yeah. You need silence. Five hours of straight music Mm -hmm. and talking is overwhelming. Yeah. And I have to spend that battery, so to speak, on those shows for work. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do on the drive home is turn on the playlist of all my friends' music that I just listened to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want it to be just brown noise. I I get it. People people have said I'm weird for this, but I usually don't always listen to music in the car. I don't. I I drive in silence and it's you know It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, but it's sometimes you need that. I listen to music all day. I'm always thinking about music. I'm playing music. I'm learning music. I'm doing all sorts of things. And sometimes it's just nice to sit in silence or talk to someone on the phone or listen to a podcast but yep. music sometimes i'm just like okay i need a break i need a break it is work it and is work. when you leave work you don't want to think about it yeah but yeah i mean <laughs> yeah, that's funny multiple people have been like do you sit in silence <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's so funny that we work so hard to be professional full-time musicians only to come to the realization it's like and now we would like less of this, please. I need silence. <laughs> I need silence sometimes. Just quiet or watch a movie or, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but there's all sorts of things I like to do. I like to run. I like to play music. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I actually was doing some woodworking. Uh-huh. And if you take a look to your left there, I have vinyl records on oh, my wall. Oh, yeah. I built the little wooden displays. Wow. And I like to do woodworking and stuff. That's amazing. And that's something that I wish that I could do more of, but I don't have any of the power tools. So anytime I go home to Missouri, my dad and I usually have some kind of a project wow. planned that I can just help build. Like I built my fireplace mantle as well. That's amazing. And it's like, I love doing stuff like that. And I wish that I had the tools and the facilities and the time to do more of it here. But little projects like the vinyl displays are small and not too time consuming, but I can sit and turn on a podcast on my patio and just sit and sand stuff down and make it smooth. 
it's just that tactile work. And then you get the feeling of accomplishment after you've finished one. Yeah. The, the, whatever you want to call it, the goal. Like I've, I've done something productive. Yeah. Instead of just like, and I watched six more hours of the office. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I still have to do that. Right. <laughs> um, I got a question for you. Do hit, you oh, f- hit me with it. Do you feel that music for you was a hobby and then turned into work or is it still both it still is both but it's i'd say it's probably 75 percent work now okay like i definitely started it as a hobby and wanted it to become my job Mm -hmm. and now that i do nashville tour stop full-time as the job the the relationship with it's different i don't want like we were just talking about after listening to music for four or five hours i don't want to go home and play the guitar yeah I yeah. don't want to do that, but which is sad. Yeah, it is you know? sad because this, these guitars are what started that love. Right. And right. it's still there, but the relationship dynamic I have with music right now is I need to have space from it. And yesterday, for example, after I worked on my vinyl displays, I was feeling like inspired for whatever reason. It's like, I'm just going to play the guitar. And I just stood and played my last Paul for like an hour and a half. And that's relieving because I know that the enjoyment is still there. The mm-hmm. recreation is still there, but it doesn't strike as often as it used to. Yeah. And I don't force the practice like I used to. Yeah. I used to sit, practice my scales, practice my solos, practice my songs. And now it's a lot more. I just want to jam for a few minutes and then I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a similar experience? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, it's definitely turned into a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love music. It's it's my favorite thing in the world. I love writing music. I love performing. I think one of my favorite things is being on stage and getting to play my own songs. Well, that answers the next question then. Would you rather be the artist or the songwriter? And I guess at this point, you probably want to be the person on stage, right? I want to be both. Um, uh, yeah, I want to be both. I love being on stage. I love performing what I feel. Right. And. Uh, I think that's the best feeling in the world. It's my favorite feeling is being on stage and feeling like a crowd is captivated by what you do and they're feeling something or they're liking it or, you know, it's like tangible when you can see someone like having a reaction to something that like I created that emotion. Right. Right. And I, I just love the energy that's fed off of the audience and you from the stage. And it can ebb and flow through a show. Yeah. And if, if you feel an audience is being really quiet and really attentive, you may try to give them one of those more like yeah, song songs. Yeah. But then yeah. if they're partying, you want to give them the party song. Yeah. So to you, speak. Know, you, you feel out the room, feel out the crowd. It's a cool relationship musicians yeah. get to have with their, and I hate even using the word because it sounds dirty, but customers. Mm-hmm. But it is cool because in a lot of jobs, like if you see a customer is like, like, okay, well, if you're partying, here's a shot of whiskey. It's like, oh, well, you're sad. Here's the same shot of whiskey. Like, you just, it's it's focused. But with music, you can really play with how the audience is yeah. receiving the yeah. entire performance. And that's cool. Yeah. It's all part of the show. I think they are just as much part of what you're doing as, mm-hmm. as your songs are. And they should be. They should be. It's They are part of the show. It's a... What do they call it's it? It's no show without, yeah. without the audience. Yeah, it's, they are part of it. They are the audience. They are 
That's why when There's nobody no wall. comes, it's called a no show. Right. Right. Like, right. right. <laughs> yeah. There's no, no, there's show. no show. Yeah. I just think that there shouldn't be this wall. There mm-hmm. shouldn't be a wall when you're on stage. There's no wall there that's supposed to separate you from the audience. Right. They are just as much as an important part as you are. And you feed off of what they do and they feed off of what you do. You know, it's a, a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It totally does. <laughs> it totally does, which is why everyone <clears throat> on Broadway is just drunk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you, you don't play the, the regular just Broadway honky-tonk gigs, no. but you do some of the, the cover tune yeah, gigging, yeah. don't you? I do. I do. Uh, I'll do some cover shows sometimes. I don't do much of the Broadway honky-tonks. I okay. just don't know that music. I, I don't know. And you don't really care to know it. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> I think a lot of them are great songs and it's fun to go down there. I just, it's just not, I just don't know a lot of country music and I, I don't either. You know, it's like when I moved here, I didn't know who George Strait was. Oh really? <laughs> like when, when I moved here, I was a noob. Like nobody, nobody in Nashville doesn't know like George Strait. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's that? Yeah. Like, I had never heard of the guy. I mean, there's still people here. They'll drop names and they'll be like, who? who? They're like, you don't know. Because I don't <laughs> listen to music. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. you, you write your songs. You listen to your own music. And certainly, I'm sure you listen to music sometimes. Yeah. But I'm not listening to the, what what's it called? Release Radar on Fridays. Yeah. I'm not I, listening to that playlist on my Spotify anymore. Yeah. I miss that part of me when I was just craving new music yeah. all the time, but I don't, I don't feel that craving anymore. Right. But I feel like there is an importance to listening to that, you know, listening to new music and seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm the same way. It's like, I have a hard time doing that. I haven't turned on the radio and I don't know how long <laughs> I don't go to on Spotify. I'm never really, you know, scrolling through stuff unless I want to listen to a particular thing. I'm not really like always doing that, but I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe I should, but it's, uh, it's one of the things that sucks about that relationship with music for me is that a lot of my greatest guitar playing in my best songwriting came from that period of my life when I was listening to tons of music Yeah, and it's because I'd hear a guitar player do something and I'd be like, I want to figure out how to play that. Except I want to change it to this and blah, 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 blah. And now I feel like my playing is kind of stale because I'm not going through this renaissance of learning how to play a bunch of new stuff. Uh-huh. But th- that might be just my relationship with how much I'm doing other kinds of music work right now. Yeah, you're, you're learning other things. You're, yes. you're, you're going through, you're on a different path, you know? <laughs> they, that's, a, that's a very positive way to spin that. Yeah, you are. It's good. It's a good thing. We all do different things and you learn we're learning different things we're learning different things in our own way um well one of the things i know you're learning about right now is putting out more music and how it feels to put out more music so give us the the skinny on what's what's coming down the pipe yeah uh, i'm gonna have a lot of new music recorded and ready to go writing a lot of new stuff that's in the process of being recorded um i'll be releasing a new single on october 27th that was uh, last week, the the week we re- released this. That'll be about five, six days ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. Five days ago, <laughs> <clears throat> five days ago, I released a song um, called Sunny Disposition. 
<laughs> available now. Uh, it's available now. It's available Sorry now. Sorry to spoil the magic, y'all. We're living in the future and I guess <laughs> in the past now, too. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so for people who have never heard your music before, would yeah. you give us a brief description of your style, your genre? This is the hardest question ever. <laughs> but uh, I like to call it singer-songwriter, pop rock blues folk. I like that organic. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's all over the place. I I, I have a hard time pinpointing it because I have some stuff that sounds poppy and a little more produced out. Then I have other songs that are very raw and mm-hmm. bare and acoustic. And then I have some songs that are like vampires and energy are both very different kinds of songs. Yes, it'd be hard to weigh them on the same scale. Right. They're they're different. Energy. Depending on how I do it, I mean, they're very different. The recording that's out of Energy, it's an old recording from... You put that out when you were in high school, right? Uh, it was my freshman year of college. Freshman it year came of college. Out. I wrote it in high school. Wrote it in high school, okay. Um, then recorded it. So I think it, it, it was the 10-year anniversary of the release of the song pretty recently i think while we were in mexico or something i don't play any songs that i wrote that long ago so props to you for still having a song that you you I, like to play that's that old i try not to it's not one that i necessarily love I, I mean I, I i'm happy about the song but it's one of those songs where i'll go somewhere and someone will always say play energy <laughs> oh is this your Radiohead's creep that, that's what it feels like <laughs> and it's just funny because if I go back to Vegas and play to anyone, they're like, people oh. want to hear that one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I'm really, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that people care enough to remember a name of a song, you know? Actually, that's pretty impressive given how many people like have heard music for over the years and they're like, they remember one of mine. Awesome. They, they remember. Uh, that's how I feel with don't invite me to your wedding. See, that's like, it. Yeah. Everyone we, wants to hear that. Everyone every time. wants to hear that one. They can't think of any of the other names. I can, but <laughs> You're, you may be an exception. But you know, it's cool. It's cool when you go to a show and someone yells out, "Don't invite me to your wedding." And like, yep. okay, yeah, I'll do it. Play the wedding song. See, it's it's a good feeling. It is a good feeling, and it, it, even if you have to write hundreds of songs to get that one, you're like, yeah. "All right, I did it." And I, I think music changes every day. So I think mm-hmm. a song you wrote 15 years ago or whenever it evolves into what it is now. It. it I've been kind of reworking a song that I wrote back in college that I've never played in Nashville. And I originally wrote on the piano and a different key that I can't sing in anymore. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to figure out how to rework it into an acoustic guitar song, but you're right. Like old stuff can take new life. It can, it can, it, you know, for example, that song energy, I like the way I do it when I do it just with an acoustic guitar now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely different than what it is with a full band. Um, so it, everything takes on new life, takes on new meaning too. You know, you rework things. Just Songs like that doing. you wrote when you were 19 mean very different things to you when you're yeah. 29. Yeah, it takes on a different meaning. It's like maybe like, that, ah, this that was an age when my knees didn't hurt. Yeah, it's <laughs> like this was once about a heartbreak. Now it's about my knees breaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's about my body breaking. It's about my body breaking. <laughs> Heart's just a, you know, it's, it's a metaphor for it. <laughs> so you've got the new single that just came out. Is there more music in the, uh, there, in the yes, works as well? There's a lot more music coming out. I'm planning are, By on, the way, of singles or EPs or an album? What are we looking at? 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be an EP or an album yet. Okay. I, I have. So what I'm thinking is I want to release two different projects. So one where there, there are songs that are a little more produced out and I, I, just, just a little more, a little more to it. And then there's one project that's a lot more raw. So I'm going to release two and uh, working on both of them right now. And we're very excited to, where are you tracking these? Where are you recording? Uh, at various places cool. around Nashville. Um, working with various producers yeah, as well. Yeah, various producers. And I just like to work. I just like to play and see it's what... fun. Yeah, I, I like to collaborate with people and see what they think it should turn into, you know, see which direction they're bringing it into. But yeah, I work with a few different people, a few different studios. Um, some people in Vegas too, in LA. Are you playing all the instruments? Mr. I was a drummer as a kid. Not, uh, <laughs> I, I have on a few, none that are going to be out. <laughs> none that are going to be out on this for a lot of these. I'll, I'll have, I'll leave it to the professionals. Cool. You know? Yeah. Let's leave it to the session players. <laughs> I'm going to leave it to, you know, my friends that I know will do a lot better than I can. No for, kidding. So, you know, I, I can always go in and be like, I'm going to do this, but I know that in the long run, the best thing would to be, let me get my friend that's really good that's and way will, better at this than will I do so much better that knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know. Who can play to a click well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I'm okay with that. And, and I enjoy the process with friends and I love meeting new musicians all the time and it's cool working with other people in the recording process because you get to have that experience of somebody like plays something that you hadn't thought of and you're like oh, I'll do that again do that again that was awesome yeah yeah and that doesn't happen when you're with yourself because you're sitting there slaving over it sometimes like when when I did my last single rock and roll degenerate I probably did 60 takes of the guitar solo like because I wanted to get it perfect right right and there could have been another guitar solo in there that someone else could have played and I might have liked more. But Never because know. I was just sitting with my headphones in my room and COVID, I was just like, it yeah. has to be this. Yeah. This is yeah. a one way it's happening. Well, you know, and but it, it, it takes the experience of doing it to realize that. It's mm. like you do it, you do it once and you figure out, okay, well, I want to do this differently next time. And, and I, I think I, I'm the same way. It's like, I'm always like, I got to do this perfectly. I need to do this perfectly. I know what it needs to be. But I think there's, there's a cool thing with working with, with a producer or working with other, other people where your songs take on new life. They because might, a producer's job, for those of you who may not even know, a producer's job isn't just pushing record, but sometimes it's sprinkling in the ideas of, oh, hey, we should use a pad here, and then you should have a little guitar f sparkle flare here yeah. that we as musicians might not think about that, those they add those extra layers that can really, like you said, just give a song brand new life. Right, right. It's like you get a you get a producer to bring it to a different level. You wrote the song, you have an idea of what it will be, and there's no problem with going in and knowing exactly what you want. But sometimes someone might have an idea that could take this song to a different level, or mm -hmm. they could, you know, just take something out that maybe doesn't need to be there. That makes the, the song completely better. That's a good point too. That was something that, uh, has Adam Stickler produced any of your stuff in the yeah. past? Yeah. Yeah. So your former roommate, yeah. 
buddy who uh, played tour stop many a times and is actually the guy who produced our theme song for the podcast. Oh, did he? It's a song of mine called Let's Go. Mm. But Adam produced that song and he's produced many of my releases in Nashville. But I had originally on Rock and Roll Degenerate had an extra layer of guitar. I had had another guitar playing and he just texted me in the middle of his session editing. He's like, do you really need this guitar? <laughs> because I had the lead guitar and then I had the rhythm guitar. And then I had like a third guitar that was just, as he described so lovingly, just noise. And he's like, hey, so you should get rid of this guitar. It's, it's not adding anything to the mix. And in my brain, I was like, oh, no, it's that extra layer. I want that. He's like, you don't need it. He and really then he got rid it. of it. And then it sounded amazing. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. that's the beauty of the collaboration. Yeah, is I never would have thought of getting yeah, rid of it. Yeah. You need someone. I, I think we all need someone to, to check us, you know, yes. in a way. Because, you know, as musicians, as writers, we are so focused on getting the song perfect and what you want. But sometimes you need to step back and we get, get someone laser else focused. Yeah, yeah, and it's good to have someone else give their opinion cuz you mm -hmm. never know. Everything's worth trying, you know? Yeah, and if <laughs> if I had hated it taking that guitar out, he could have literally just unmuted the track. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean that's right, simple. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That well, was cool. He's uh, got a Kevin, good ear. would you like to offer our listeners here any tips, tricks, things you've learned being a full-time musician for as long as you have been? And it yeah. doesn't have to be you know, life-changing things. It could yeah. be, this is how you write an email or yeah. don't be a dick. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's one. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I think just, I think being nice to people is the most important part. No one wants to be around someone that's not nice. Right. No matter how talented you are, like, I'd rather hang out with the nice person. Everyone would always rather hang out with nice people. You know, people. I'd say, I mean, it's cliche, but don't give up. Keep <laughs> doing it. You know, play the gigs. Say no to the things that you don't feel are worth your time. But also do things. Do everything you can. You do know, things. value yourself. Value yourself because you are your, your number one fighter. And if people see that you're fighting for yourself, other people will fight for you too. I agree with that. And um, People like rallying behind a common cause, even right. if the common cause is wanting your friend to succeed. Right, yeah. I think believe in yourself. Because uh, that's the most important part. Just believe in what you do. Love and you'll, you, will, you will go far. You'll go far. You'll go far, you'll kid. You'll go far, kid. <laughs> well, I got one more question for you here. And it's well, we can end it on a lighter note here. You've lived in Nashville for about five-ish years. Mm -hmm. Do you have any places that you like to hang out? Places you recommend folks check out? And it can be food, drink, parks, anywhere yeah. that you like to go. Just There's cool so things many. in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, I love McCabe Park. McCabe Park, McCabe Park West Nashville. I like to go on runs around there. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice golf course. There's a whole trail around. I love it. Um, that's right in Charlotte Park. That's right. Yeah, right, right near there. Yep. Right by the uh, the neighbor Sylvan. Or excuse me, Sylvan Park. That's Sylvan Park. Sylvan of. Park. Right next to neighbors. Yep. Right next to neighbors. Right next Martin to or not Mar Martin. Edley's. Edley's. Right. Edley's. Star Bagel. It's a great area. A I, I love that area. I mean, you're pretty close to it too. Mm -hmm. Um. Neighbors is great. Go check out Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out Neighbors. I mean, so many music venues. The Cambria, where you host your show. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Every Tuesday. Now you're doing the Greenbrier Distillery, the mm-hmm. Oak Room, which is so cool. Um, there are, uh, I mean, there's so many places. I you can't don't have s- to give up any, you know, any you big know. thing. If, you, if McCabe Park is the one, that can be the you one. Know, I love food. Food is food is great. I mean, <laughs> check out Bar Taco where Camden worked for six days. <laughs> six days. <laughs> Get some Mexican food. Well, um, Camden, you can give us your plugs here, and we can wrap it up. I know yeah. you got a gig to skedaddle on to. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. Well, on the internet, you can find me at camdenwest.com. That's my website. And all social media is at Camden West Music. That's easy. And uh, I'm on Spotify, just Camden West, on Tidal, Apple Music. Uh, but yeah. We'll have Camden's yeah. links tagged and hyperlinked in the episode description this week. Even though that is the end of this week's episode, you can give us a follow on your social media platforms at Nashville Tour Stop. If you would like to attend one of the many shows that Camden just talked about, you can check out our full live event calendar on the web at NashvilleTourStop.com. But give Camden a follow. Listen to energy. (laughs) (laughs) And the new stuff. And the new stuff coming out. Listen to the new stuff. (laughs) Listen to the brand new single, Sunny Disposition, that came out on October 27th. Follow him on Spotify and your everywhere else's that you find music. And until the next time, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Tour Stop. Stop.